This event is kind of like, it's we keep saying like a family reunion, but it's literally just like hanging out in the backyard with your friends. And now we're doing a podcast yeah. from it. <laughs> Slip angle. Who knows what episode this is? We just finished up with Honda Pro Jason at West Michigan Honda Meet. I'm your host Adam Jabay. How's this sound right here, guys? It's it pretty good? good. Sounds really good. Let's hear those luscious Sexy. tones. Luscious tones. Um, we have Austin Cabot here, as always. Hello. Looking stellar. He's got that nice Elvis haircut going on. <laughs> and with us, he literally drove here to Michigan from Phoenix, Arizona, just for our stupid little event. The legendary Brian Gillespie from Hasport. So, this is the second time you've been here, Brian. It is. You've came to our dumb event for two times. Two times. Two times. Um, Can't get enough. Is it worth the drive? Absolutely. Have you been on track today? I I have not been You're on track. Blowing today. it, dude. I, well, you know the thing is, originally I was supposed to bring my son in his car. Yep. That didn't work out. So he's got a first gen CRX. Right? He does first gen CRX with the B sixteen chameleon color thing. That's one. I love seeing pictures of the chameleon color Civics. It's got like they took all three of the different uh, chameleon colors and mixed them together. Yep. So it's like I ultra mean, it's, chameleon. It's, it's, <laughs> does that have like a, a Houseman wide body set up on it, or is that a real Mugen wide body? Or it is a. Let's see. Uh, okay, Houseman had a copy of the Mugen, yep. but then there was also a CompTech version. Okay. This is a modified CompTech version. Okay. We actually changed. We actually have that kit, those molds. We made different molds cool. with a nose that went on. Instead of it being like three pieces, yeah. we made it one piece. Passport's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, Brian and Jamie Lugo and buddies drove straight up here from Phoenix. With a three-car trailer, and they took an H2 CRX with a K in it. They took Jamie's crazy, what is that, 2008 Civic or something? Yeah, 7.8. Uh, SI with a 450-horsepower turbocharged K. Supercharged. Um, supercharged K. And oh, by the way, I want to apologize for uh, Honda Pro Jason's deal earlier. CT Engineering. CT Engineering. Oh, that's CT the new CompTech thing. It's, yeah. yeah, it's the yeah. It's, A lot of the same. After legal, the CompTech split. Comptech split and CT sense, yeah. is the okay. consumer side, and Comptech is still the engine. And that is a roots blower. Okay. That, uh, it is a roots blower. Okay, that's really impressive power for a roots blower. Two hundred eighty horsepower, or whatever. Those I love those uh, things. They have I ridiculous. Not, I had no idea they were so potent. Yeah, yeah. we've um, been running those on K series. Uh, actually, we ran the the Jackson Racing one, but very similar setup. Yeah, and uh, just gobs of torque right from the get go. Hi, Mary. Mary. Mary, the track manager, is over here. She's so nice. Nice just, to see you. I just love uh, that she lets us use her facility however the heck we want. Um, yeah, Gingerman Raceway, we're up here We're up here for a Honda meet. We're on day one. This is uh, oh, no more sweets. Holy crap. Mary just brought us brownies or something. I'm in. Um, and we just finished off my wife's, wife's batch of cookies, like a whole heaping helping of, like a pallet load of oatmeal chocolate chip cookies. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, Gingerman Raceway, we're up here. It's still Friday. This is our last podcast was recorded approximately seven minutes ago. No, None for me, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, it was with Honda Pro Jason, his first track day experience, which was a great, uh, especially since Austin was his instructor. I, I wouldn't say great for him. I well, mean, it kind of sucks for him. It was great him, for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I feel sorry for um, him. And now, yeah, something completely different. We've got... Uh, 
like when I got into Hondas, like I don't know, 16 years ago, or whatever. Uh, like the thing I wanted on my white 91 EF that I wrapped around a tree, thinking I was um, the guy from uh, Fast and Furious. Uh, the thing I wanted was a B16 with Hasport mounts. That was the thing to me. When I was in college, 19 years old, so broke it, it hurt, you know, ramen for, for dinner and stuff. The thing I wanted was Hasport mounts, and my buddies had them, and I'm still playing with D-Series mounts 15 years <laughs> I, I got a D-Series in my race car. Never owned a B-Series anything in my life. But I've looked up to the Hasport guys forever. Um, Brian, his brother Keith, and... Uh, I mean, they've they've built innovative products. They've really driven the stupid Honda industry from, you know, being cars that were mocked in parking lots to being like a force in any type of racing, you know. It, engine swaps are the thing that made Hondas cool, and uh, Hasport is the thing that made engine swaps doable. So it's really a pleasure to have Brian here. Um, yep. Brian, Brian, Brian doesn't know it, but he was actually a very formative part of my uh – I guess my automotive love, <laughs> especially with Hondas. So I, I've never owned a front-wheel drive Honda, but uh, I was talking to Brian earlier today. I remember the day that I went to Books a Million by my house, and you know, I knew what day the new magazines came out, yep, and I knew what yep. day Sport Compact so Car I. came out. Sport Compact Car was the magazine, and man. and there was an issue with the CRX with the K series swap. And I remember the day very distinctly. It was probably like 2003, 2004, sometime in there. Like one of the first um, K-swaps. Yeah. yeah. And I was just, my mind was just absolutely blown. Yep. I remember Luke Wilcox in the second Honda Meets in 2000, the second Honda Meet at Gingerman in 2005. He said, K-Series are the next thing, dude. And I'm like, no way. B-Series are so awesome. He's like, Hasport's building K-Series stuff. And it's amazing. And I didn't believe him. And now... All the fast cars have K-Series. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Brian, uh, it's still, like, when you came up here two years ago, um, I picked your brain and freaking chatted your ear off and let your son drive my Lemons car, and we had a good time. Oh, he loved that. I, I could not believe that you guys came out to our event, and now you came back again, and that's really silly. <laughs> but uh, what uh, what are your impressions of uh, of our chill Friday? we got a busy day coming up tomorrow on Sunday. But. Well, I... This is an amazing event. I think that if there was something like this over on the West Coast, it would be just absolutely killer. I'm not sure there could be West Coast guys. Get your shit together. Uh, but uh, this is just uh, the, one of the most chill events I've ever been at, and it's absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, it, it, I wish it wasn't. 1,855 miles away. It's 1,200 miles from your house. Uh, it should have been a little longer. 1,855 wow. miles. There's a detour now. Yeah. yeah. A, oh, yeah. Did you see that six-mile like detour? Extra two. I did it at 2 a.m., and I was like, I think I went the wrong. Oh, there's the sign. It's only two on miles. It's one mile out, one mile at back. At 2 a.m. in the driving rain. Okay. My, oh, man, I thought I was good. I thought I was lost. My, my GPS wasn't even working. But, um, yeah, I can't believe you come all the way out here. This is the second time. You sent three cars out here just to play with us. So It's uh, it's really cool to have you out here. Man. Oh, this thing is a blast. It's absolutely so fun. I love walking around the pits and seeing what's going on out here. Uh, the cars are fantastic, and, I, and the great part of it is a lot of these guys are actually NASA and SCCA, you know, competitors. They're not just uh, track day guys. You know what I mean? You don't see too many real race, you know, quote unquote, real racers uh, at track day stuff anymore. Uh, but we, 
kind of half of our paddock is guys that have competed, really. It's yeah. uh, it, well, it's it like get, they started doing track yeah. days with you guys, and they, yeah. they still remember their roots. Um, our beginner group sells out immediately every year, and, and, and those guys fill our intermediate groups. They fill our advanced groups, and most of our instructors started with us as beginners in the last 10 years. So That's amazing. It's kind of a cool uh, – it's kind of like a, we call it kind of a family reunion. Um, the event is basically just ran for fun. It, this isn't a profitable event. We break even. If Chris makes any money, buys more GoPros, and he freaking sells more ad space for Grid Life. And it's not. We do this just for the love of the event, you know. Um, and it's yeah, it's really cool to have guys up here from two thousand freaking miles away. So. I I enjoy the heck out of this thing. I think next year I'm gonna have to try to wheel out the CRX, the V6 CRX. And, yes. Uh, the the thing I've been dying to talk to you about was your land speed stuff. Oh, you you had a famous crash at what El Mirage? Yeah, El uh, Mirage. Your insight. In my insight. Um, my that was what insight. three years ago. It'd be two 20, about twenty uh, thirteen. No, not quite. Yeah. A year and a half ago. It was in uh, November. Okay. okay. In November, yeah, it was after you were here, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. I remember talking to you about land speed stuff. Right. And then after that, you survived a wild crash. Yeah, um, it was pretty big off. What? <laughs> that's. Is that really called an off if you're just tumbling yeah, in? You're already the off. Whole, the whole thing yeah, is when the you're track, already right? off. It's not technically yeah. an off. It's yeah. just an oops. You're like an upside down. That's my. Let's call that's, it an upside down. Yeah. <laughs> Many times over. How many times did you tumble in that? Fifteen thing? and a half times. That, wow. The video is insane. At, at what speed? Uh, 178 miles an hour, according to the data log. Wow. What uh, What are your future land speed efforts uh, looking like? The new car uh, is going to be another Insight. Yeah. And uh, yes. it should have enough horsepower for about 250 miles an hour. Oh, my gosh. So the is that idea, even a good idea? <laughs> we want you what to come back to Honda Meet. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> the, uh, what, let me give a little bit of props where they're due here. Uh, when I first built the first Insight, I went to Auto Power, and I said, uh, I need a roll cage that will survive a 200-mile-an-hour roll, which they did. Auto Power, Auto Power is in California, right? Yeah, Auto Power Industries um, in San Diego. And contrary to many people's beliefs, they don't just build bolt-in cages. They do full custom cages. Right. Um, a friend of mine races STL in a Civic out in the West Coast. He's you know Facebook friend. He's on forums with me. And... Uh, uh, he had auto power build him a custom cage too. It's gorgeous. So. Yeah, they have certain times of the year when they're less busy than others, and they can do that kind of stuff. So it's not something they do all the time. Yeah, they're known for their bolt-in stuff. I mean, they right. sell thousands of bolt-in cages. But uh, so they yeah, they did a good job on your inside cage. They did a nice job. That's an aluminum chassis. Is that right? How do you build a roll cage in an aluminum chassis inside? It it was it presented a couple of problems. Not just the fact that it was aluminum, but also there was a couple of rails that kind of ran down each side of the car and what they did was they actually made the pads for the roll cage go on each side of the rail and that actually probably greatly increased so the strength. So it's kind of like a ship in a bottle kind of thing, huh? like you're building uh, a tube frame car inside of an insight? The, the cage wasn't that extreme but yeah it was kind of one of those things where they had, they had a, it was a unique solution for that particular chassis because of the way the because aluminum's not nearly as strong as steel, you know, they didn't want to punch it through the floor. So they made each one of the pads straddle the large, uh, uh, you know, I don't know what you want to call it, frame rail that runs down through the car. What size, like, pads are we talking about here? They, uh, they were ones, on or? the top side. They were probably eight inches by six inches. And on the underside, yeah. there was two of them. There would be like a four yeah. by uh, four by eight and a 
America. Two-way pad. On our last podcast, uh, podcast five with Greg and me, we were talking about bolt-in roll bars. Yeah, and how they punch through the floors on the the Mustangs. So you definitely had a bigger pad than that. Yeah. A maxi pad. Yeah. Yeah, Maximum pad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Absorbing all the things. I don't know all the details, but yeah, you need, you know, a lot of square inches down there in order to make sure it doesn't pop through through the steel. You built another car. Is I'm building filter? another car. Okay. Are they? Is Auto Power doing the cage again? I will have Auto Power yeah. doing the cage again. Right now, I got to kind of back, um, put on the back burner because of uh, the fact that we were doing a bunch of other stuff at the shop. But uh, uh, and I missed my window of opportunity to have them build the cage. But probably again this uh, winter, I'll have them build the cage and then the new engine looking to make around 950 horsepower. <laughs> which is, that, is that a turbocharged K? I'll do a turbo K. Wow, that's a lot and of power. yeah, that yeah. should that should give me the speed I need. That should give me the speed I, or the power I need to hit the speed. I want. So the only, what's that? I was going to ask, what sort of chassis setup do you do for something yeah, like what, that versus something the same something thing like I was this or a drag so what car? Do you, or, yeah, what do you do for suspension and aero and stuff? One of the problems with the crash uh, was the fact that the car was a little too high. We used some shocks that were actually designed for drag racing, so the car was up a little bit higher than it should have been. And that contributed to the crash. And then, um, so the next setup will be a lot lower. The other thing is, uh, because originally I was going to develop the car with naturally aspirated motor, and it wasn't meant to go that fast, so I didn't really do a lot of the chassis development I wanted to on it. I didn't look at, uh, I didn't look at the um, downforce over the rear end. And then I got kind of... Uh, spoiled because i was running a uh, for a season championship at scta and the tech no tech inspections tonight we've got a we've got a uh pit bike slash golf car, or go-kart here you're gonna hear a lot of background noise in these podcasts we do a lot of tech inspections in here but we're not tech inspecting the go-karts get out of here we're busy <laughs> get out of here no nope, can't get on the racetrack um, Everybody, what uh, what kind of arrow work do you do for a land speed car of that kind? You want of you want to make sure that the back end's not lifting up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. On a on an inside in particular. Yep. Uh, the way the air comes off the back. In fact, if you look at the video of the crash uh, in slow motion, you can see that the air, you can see the dust, and see how the air continues down off the back of the the fast back down so for quite a ways. Kind of an airplane way. So it's it's just lifting the back end yep. of the car. Yep. Um, and then. Uh, the rules actually allow you to run a um, diffuser and also a wing of uh, a certain amount, which would yeah. uh, probably get rid of a lot of that. Interesting. So the problem with the car, just to kind of review the crash a little bit, the problem with the car is the back end, the way it's shaped, uh, isn't really self-correcting. When the car, the track was very rough and the car got kicked a little bit sideways from the uh, ruts in the track, and because it's a boat-tailed shape, it was it kind of started pivoting and uh there's really no nothing back there to to force it back straight again like if you look at a nascar they're flat on one side and curved on the other side so mm-hmm. they they don't want to spin you know yeah. uh, too far yeah, uh, you don't have any kind of sail or yeah straight don't have a sail exactly yeah. so uh a wing would have uh probably helped with the downforce back some, there yeah, and then the tires would have tracked a little yep. straighter yep yeah and the big problem was I got kind of spoiled because I would go out early every day because I was one of the 
top points leaders in the race for the season championship, so I'd get a clean course every morning. Uh, this particular event, I had run 200 miles an hour the day before and uh, actually won the season championship. That's so with that run. What's 200 miles an hour feel like? It's really fast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> stuff's, coming at, stuff's coming at you really quickly. On the salt flats and the dry lake beds, is that... Are they generally pretty smooth or no? Yeah, they're yeah, uh, yeah they're pretty smooth. Yeah. Um, that particular day, the track was kind of funny. There was like a hard surface over kind of a softer surface because of rains that had yeah. fallen late in the year. But sometimes it's like asphalt. It yeah. feels just like asphalt. Like super smooth. Yeah. But you have really big high horsepower cars out there that will just chew it up. Hmm. And do they do any it, prep or anything? To yeah. They'll uh, go out there and inspect it and make sure they lay the course where it's smooth. At Bonneville itself, they go drag the course because uh, okay, yeah. when the when the salt dries, it dries in these kind of knobs. So you'll have these, you know, like bumps all over the course, hmm. and they'll drag it out flat. Have you ever like raced at Bonneville? Yeah, I actually set a record at Bonneville in 2011 or 12. Okay. I set a record for uh, uh, GT class, which is uh, uh, basically. The, the, a stock-bodied Insight or any stock-bodied two-seater car, okay. and my particular class was G, which is under two liters, from cool. 1.5 to two liters. And I went out and ran 157 point some odd miles an hour. What kind of uh, – were you on a two-mile course? or? Uh, yeah, that was basically it. Uh, okay. You ran a mile, then they timed you for the second yep. mile. Yep. Uh, the way the, the car I'd beaten was a, like a Mercury LN7. Like I have a, no idea what that is. You know, Ford EXP. Yeah, yeah. The old two door, two seater, uh, yeah, like Ford. an escort kind of thing that had looked like a. It was XR kind of more of a notch back, kind of thing. But yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. Exactly. Anyway, it it, it was uh, uh, under two liters. It the the guy had run had like four hundred horsepower and went out and set a hundred and you know a couple miles an hour less or one mile. I'm sorry, half a mile an hour less than me, and uh, that record stood for like seventeen years. Wow! Wow! That's so a, that's a long-standing record, yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah, I remember car and driver went out with an S two thousand and tried to break the record, okay. and they couldn't do it. S two thousands are slow, <laughs> terrible cars. They had, <laughs> they had modified it a little bit, but the, the inside is so much more aerodynamic. Yeah. So I went out there with basically, I went out there in I think twenty ten with a uh, uh, engine that had been uh, modified with a bunch of parts from. You can cut out this long pause because okay. this is really embarrassing. <laughs> Doesn't matter. We're not very professional Damn. on the show. Um, were, were you with from, uh, uh, Were you with Honda and Doug McMillan all that? Oh yeah, yeah. but uh, that he was a partner on the second time around. Okay. The first time, I teamed up with. Oh, I'm sucking here as I try to think of the name ah, of the what company. What kind of motor was it? It was a K20. Okay, but it was modified with some Japanese company. June, June Spoon. No. no. Anything else that rhymes with Oon? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, Toda. 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 There you go. All right, look at me. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Had a bunch of Toda engine parts. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, there was a miscommunication between the builder and the people that gave him the parts, so the, the uh, piston wall clearance wasn't enough. So when I was running my licensing run at 137 miles an hour, the engine ceased. Love oh, that yeah. And when the engine ceases, do the wheel cease? I pushed the clutch in as soon as it okay. felt like there was a kind of a headwind. Yeah. And it was funny because the piston seized in, the wrist pin was pulled out of the bottom of the piston, <laughs> and then proceeded to pound the piston. <laughs> yeah. Up. I like the plosions here. 
pound the piston into yeah. two little nuggets of aluminum. That's uh, that sounds like a total fail. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a fail. Yeah. Uh, was it just so, that one that one piston? That yeah, seized, it, it seized. There, were, uh, huh. the, another one was getting ready to seize. The other two were fine. Okay. Um, but anyway, it 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 seized up, and I, my day was done. Was it the number three piston that seized? It always seems to be the hottest. In I think it was number four, actually. Okay. Hmm. Uh, anyway, I came back from um, with a stock motor the next year, tuned to 204 horsepower, and we went out and broke the record by about a mile and a half per hour. And then stupid uh, stock K series winning everything. K series, <laughs> freaking stock isn't that awesome? K-series. And then we made a couple of changes, thinking that we were going to uh, go a little faster, and unfortunately we didn't. So we wound up breaking the record by like 0.3 miles an hour or something like that. Win's a win, right? Um, Doesn't matter if by an inch or by or a mile. 0.3 miles. SR20 would pull a premium week before race wars. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So so that was my Bonneville thing. But anyway, Bonneville they they drag the course and they they do a lot of preparation on that and try to get it prepared and and it's. And it can vary greatly. You know, it depends on how much rain there is and stuff and how thick the salt is. Sometimes the, the salt's really thin. Yeah. As a matter of fact, there's kind of a rumor going around right now that they may not even have an event this year because of mud is that, on the salt flats. And a lot of that has and to do last with year it. got, what, rained out, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I was I was coming back from uh, Haunted Day on New Jersey and was looking at the weather and uh, got back. And I'm like, oh, ready to go. And then they're like, thunderstorms. And then there was instantly like six inches of water across the whole thing. <laughs> and, and the, and the uh, I'm sorry to geek out on salt flats and land speed stuff, but it's always been like the thing I'm in, I've intrigued with like since I was 12. Oh, know? yeah. Um, Me too. The, uh, you know, the, but that's like the, fo- that's the first. We wouldn't be doing this stuff if it wasn't for the salt flats, I think. I think uh, you're that's right. where hot rotting like was born, you know. Yep. Um, but, uh and there's they're what are they they're getting po- like potash out of the Bonneville salt flats and that's diminishing the salt a lot. Right, there's a, there, there's a, there's a mining that, operation yeah. there that's diminishing the salt, yeah. and uh, there's, there's actually a uh, an effort underway to try to replenish the salt. But yeah. uh, I think that this year, because of the way the rains have been, it's there's actually a lot of mud there. It seems so like, a, we'll like see what one out of three years is kind of a fail nowadays, which kind of well, sucks, it's always been like that because okay. of the because of the rain. In fact. Um, yeah. Remember, they used to uh, televise Speed Week on uh, yep, yep. on Speed Channel. I used to go to my buddy's house just to watch a few of them. Yep. Yeah, it was fantastic. But uh, anyway, I think that yeah, they they've always had you know uh, you know problems. I don't think it was one out of three, but it's probably one out of six. It's, or seven. it's a lot of them. Yeah, and it's it's always Often kind enough. of a bummer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of these guys, this is what they build their cars for. And, oh yeah, and all year. Their long. year is over because a thunderstorm happened a week before the event. You know, exactly right. Um, I remember one year Boyd Coddington's RV got stuck so deep in the uh, salt, <laughs> and there was a picture of it in Hot Rod magazine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it gets muddy out there. Huh? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, it's just soft. You'll yeah. go out there. The mud's just a few inches below the salt, so you'll be yeah. driving along to sink. That's wow. got to be bizarre. What uh, what kind of uh, like how often when when you were racing for the championship with at El Mirage or was that just SCTA or right a Southern California Timing yeah. Association yep. and there was a once a month here? once once a month? a month wow unless it got rained out okay um, is that always at El Mirage or yeah okay how El far Mirage. from Phoenix is that um oh, five and a half hour drive so you put in a pretty good amount of effort for this for something like yeah. this. I had a great partner, Honda. They were yep. uh, Doug actually supplied the motor, okay. the engine for me, so uh, uh, it was fantastic. And he had already gone that fast, so he was just going do this, do that, do this, do that. I remember reading in some, I think, Sport Compact car that uh, 
they were campaigning a Vortex Supercharged 99 SI, I think, or 2000 That SI. was actually progress. Progre- yeah, it was yeah. progress, and it was in... Uh, uh, yeah, maybe it wasn't Honda. Maybe yeah, they were that was progress. Out. But I remember that uh, seeing pictures of them redoing the head, um, like they lost a valve train or something, and somebody had all the equipment to redo the entire head just at out, the salt. Out on the flats, wow! Just like the effort that goes into these stupid salt flats builds. It's crazy. It's <laughs> but you know what I mean. You you prepare all year. You you bring stuff with you so that you make yeah. sure you get through the year. You yeah. don't want to be. You think you bring a spare head? <laughs> <laughs> There's a new movie like one. World of Fastest Indian, but with like I love little, that movie. little Hondas. I just love that movie, man. <laughs> World of Fastest Hondas. Yeah. You know, there's going to be uh, this year, if Bonneville happens, uh, Doug's going to be out there with a streamliner that should be capable of well over 300 miles an hour, wow. possibly as fast as 350. What is it's the a, record for the fastest Honda? Do you know what the fastest top speed of any Honda, Honda ever has been? kind of vehicle. Vehicle? Like four-wheel vehicle? Yeah. Uh, probably... Probably the F1 car that did 247 miles an hour. Okay. But Miriam McMillan, uh, Doug's wife, a few years ago, did 238 in her CRX. In a CRX? Oh, my gosh. And would have have gone faster had it not been for the uh, turbos failing. My car sucks at 135. (laughs) What, What happens when turbos fail at that speed? What happened to this one was crazy. We get she's she's, she's driving. It's a K, okay, fifteen. It was a D-stroke oh, K-series. Oh. Was it deep? Nine hundred, nine hundred, nine hundred fifty horsepower. Was that to fit in a certain class? Yeah, okay. to fit in a certain It's class. amazing what they do. They destroke, they debore, they put like two inch thick, thick sl- cylinder sleeves in them. It's oh, they'll wow. do. You know what they'll do is they'll do crazy stuff. Like some of the guys that have the really big displacement stuff will actually pull out two pistons. Unbelievable. And go run. Yeah, Hot Rod did that with uh, their uh, Camaro project. Yeah. They, to, to set a record, they ran on like yeah. three cylinders. Ah, or let's go ahead and take this record, yeah. too. Dave yeah. Freiberger or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, so anyway. She won a 238. Thir- so. She was – they had uh, 950 horsepower. It was uh, turbo plus nitrous. Uh, nitrous that could put you in what's called a fuel class uh, as opposed to a gas class. And anyway, so she's out there. Running and she's at mile f- five. She's like mile four. She was probably two hundred and thirty some odd miles an hour. And then mile five, she's up in the two forties. And all of a sudden, the car just falls on its face. And we're like, okay, no problem. So we go out and get her, and we we pop the hood. And we had been on her day before run because you have to do back to back runs at Bonneville. You can't do just one. You mm-hmm. got to do two of them. So uh, on the day bef- uh, the day before run. When we got back, we were like spraying water on the turbo to cool it down, to, because otherwise, what was happening was it was cooking the turbo after the end of the after the end of the run. Was wow. it like coking up the oil and it wouldn't spin exactly? Anymore? Okay, coking yeah. up the oil, and sense. it would just the bearing would fail. Could so, you just buy a Garrett turbo timer? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, that's what I do when I go to the mall. Work, yeah, uh, yeah, that's uh, a long time yeah. full spool. There. So, so she's running the next day and it falls on his face. So we're like looking at, it, and as we're Taking the car and getting ready to go back, I look at the exhaust, and she had a setup where the turbo was kind of set off to the side of the head, and then the exhaust came straight back towards the driver, made a 90-degree turn, and went out the fender. And I'm looking at the exhaust that comes out the fender, and it appeared to me that somebody had taken a round pipe and just smacked it on the on the exhaust. And I'm like, what the hell's going on with here? Well, anyway, Bane. by the time we get back, we figure out it was a compressor wheel. <laughs> The shaft had melted and broke, and the compressor wheel shot out 
the side of the car. There's so, so much we, complete fail in so, Lance so we so we tell we tell wow. uh, the people there. There might be you some know debris. you might be some debris. <laughs> they found it. You know, uh, a couple hundred feet out, hundreds of yards away. <laughs> it had left uh, Doug's Doug's kids. One of his his son, uh, Alistair, figured out the velocity that came out. It he estimated it came out at like 200 miles an hour. <laughs> So uh, anyway, and it just Wait, which which direction was it going? Did it towards like? towards it would be the left, you know, okay. out the driver's side. But or it was it was also moving. Right it was also moving two hundred miles an hour. What forward. came this way? But so it was it a, but it was actually a, moving. It was a nicely even it was a nicely uh, smooth curve. So uh. it just went out, and I'm sure it was spinning so fast it just kind of grabbed traction and ran. You know what I mean? It, it almost so, seems like this sort of racing is just too much work. <laughs> I quit drag racing because the 11 seconds in the car wasn't worth the three hours in the staging lane with the mullet guys. Oh, you can wait but, all day at Bonneville. Oh man, kind of like kind of like autocrossing, but uh, I, I think we I can't disparage the speeds. autocrossing. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah, autocrossing <laughs> is nothing compared to drag racing or road or uh, land speed racing. That's like that's like you get in your car and before you know it, you're at number 27. You're ready to go out there and go. You know, so. Yeah, my son complains heavily about autocross, and I'm yeah. like, going, you don't know waiting. You know, <laughs> you have no idea. Yeah, exactly. We go to Bonneville, and wait three days. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the only land speed kind of quote unquote land speed thing that I've ever done is a standing half mile event, mm-hmm. and I found the safety kind of to be lacking. In and a that's lot of the... kind of a new sport. Until yeah. somebody gets killed, it's going to be lacking. Uh, yeah, it, it. I can't believe the amount of like offs that were had in even this half mile event in a drive. It was a drive, you know, airport. Yeah. Uh, nobody got hurt. Cars got destroyed, but nobody got hurt. Um, what nice. kind of carnage do you see at like a few days at El Mirage or Bonneville? Rolling is actually pretty rare. Uh, most of the time it's a flat spin. In fact, I'm sure that's probably what was going through my mind when it was happening. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's, it's not a, a common deal. I mean, the motorcycle guys have much more carnage because they're basically tumbling, you know, across the dirt or salt or whatever. But uh, the guys that roll are usually like the pencil-shaped, uh, you know, sp- mm. uh, lake streamliners, or streamliners that, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. And they're in a much better condition because they're close to center of gravity, like on a car like mine, uh, because I was so far away from the... Uh, uh, so far away from yeah. the center of gravity, uh, I actually had like 14 to 17 Gs on my body. So, How uh, long were you in the hospital uh, after the crash? Uh, I was in there a week. I had to be That's in there a week because I had a I had a, uh, a torn lung. So yep. they yep. put me they put a tube in my chest and made me sit there for five days. Now, was that just from the G forces? Yeah, wow. exactly. It was just a, it was around. a sheer injury. Jeez. But wow. you, you got to you, you know if you if you look at the injuries though, my head and face uh, where. Where the helmet doesn't put pressure on my face, all the blood vessels are exploded. Uh, you must have I, been looking good. I'll show you pictures if you want. <laughs> anyway, you, you I, see, I remember uh, seeing some pictures of you in the hospital that your son put up. Like a few, that's like, one. W- like weeks that's later, one. like a week later, and you look like crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, I bled in my left eye, behind both eyes, in the white area of both eyes, like inside both movie. ears. <laughs> Inside both ears. Wow. When I coughed the day after the crash, yeah. blood like squirted out from behind my eyes. Oh, oh God. So, it was pretty crazy. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie Jamie drove yeah. my wife down yeah. immediately from Phoenix to, yeah. uh, the, ho- to the hospital because, yeah. you know, nobody knew how serious it was. I mean, it turned out that it was 
You know, other than the torn lung, it wasn't really that serious. That must have been so. a long five hours for her coming to the hospital. Oh, she said, yeah, she, she has nothing but praise for Jamie for that. So yeah. uh, he, he tried to keep her distracted the whole time and yeah, it's going to be fine and blah, blah, blah. My son was with me, so he was like, uh, dead crashed, uh, he's alive. You know, so yeah. he was actually pretty good about trying yeah. to keep her calm, too. Yeah. What, now, was there anything left of the car? Anything at all? Yeah, the... Um, um, Sorry, the the, uh, the surge tank, <laughs> okay. the surge tank, which was inside underneath the dash, is really okay. in good shape. You gonna use you gonna use that in the new car? Yeah, I'm gonna use that in the new car. There you go. Yeah. Is that good luck or bad luck? Huh? Good luck or bad luck? There's no such thing as good luck <laughs> yeah, or bad luck. You make your own luck. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, now transitioning to since we're at a racetrack. Okay. Uh, what kind of uh, what kind of track activities do you, your son, and your brother do? My brother is an SCCA racer. He yep, races. Yep. Um, he has an e-production Prelude, and he has a GT2 Arca Camaro. Yeah, he's got a two-frame like, car. Like two, it's got oh, an LS motor, oh, like a NASCAR kind of drive. Yeah, exactly. That's got to be pretty cool. Uh, I think that I runs know, in GTA. No? Yeah. In a lot I'm of, sure it's uh, cool. I hate it. It <laughs> probably sounds good though. Huh? Probably it sounds, sounds like a sounds like a uh, LS one or you whatever should, the hell. You should the, case swap one. Yeah, I, I don't think that would fit the letter of the rules. <laughs> Although K, we know K series stock do win lots of things. Yes, so right. that's that starting to be, be the answer to everything. Yeah. It's like Miata is the answer, yeah. but well, you know, we did, we did have David Calzada uh, in the K Miata. Uh, he yeah. was our guest a few weeks ago, so we all know that K series and Miatas are the answer to everything. There so, you go. Um, so you, your brother races at yep. SCCA, yep. Um, and your son's got an old school CRX. Yeah, he's got a. a Two kind of track cars is uh, we're building his 86 CRX SI, 87 CRX SI into a GT light car. Yep. So we'll probably eventually put a B18 in it, like an LS in it. Yep. Um, and uh, right, but right now it's got a B16 just so it can get some it's track time and stuff like that. Blast yeah, track, though. absolutely. And then uh, he also has a 92.3 Integra. Cool. With an LS, we'll probably. Build some motor for that. I think he, I've got an old Jackson Racing Supercharger he wants to throw on it, so we'll probably wind up throwing that puppy on there just so he can have, you cool. know, so he can beat up on people. Yeah. <laughs> what uh, what what kind of cars do you personally play with? Do you have any personal cars, or do you just play with all the company cars? Or? I play with a lot of company cars. My daily is like an old beat-up RSX, so I'll probably start doing something yeah. with it. I used to daily a uh, 2001 Civic Si okay. with a K-Series in it. It had a turbo and was, you know, 300, 400 horsepower one time. Now it's got a supercharged... Uh, K24. Cool. Uh, I took the K24 that used to be in my CRX, my 88 CRX, and threw it in there. And uh, just threw it in. Yeah. And I need to. I need to play with that a little bit. Although I'm really thinking V6 now. Yeah. So yeah, I uh, think I'm gonna have to do a V6. Now. You built a lot of V6 swap stuff. Yeah. The yellow CRX is the one that comes to mind. Yeah. The yellow CRX, which used to have the K24 supercharged yeah. motor, now has the V6 in it. Right now, I'm taking the 3.2 TL motor out of it and putting in a 3-liter Accord motor and supercharging it. Oh, because so, that's a thing you do. Yeah, yeah. because it should be – yeah, because you need 400 horsepower just yeah. to – And like just to be somebody. foot-pounds of torque. Exactly. Um, I've heard that the, that the V6 transmissions and the K-Series transmissions share a lot of parts. Is that true? Is that a very similar trans? <sighs> I – Somebody told me good a T- question. Somebody told me a TL trans, a TL V6 trans, bolts up to a K series uh, RDX motor. I would think that's BS. Uh, I don't. I and no here's idea. why: because the different? RDX, yeah. the RDX has a tilt to it, okay. like the K series does, because okay. it 
runs it at 15 degrees it's off, a case of, with off a of a vertical. Yeah, K-series with a different bullpen. Gangster pattern. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> now, what, what happens, though, is if you look at the RDX guts, it's probably the same as the TL guts okay. in those automatic transmissions. Though. Okay. So I doubt seriously you can bolt them up to each other. I, um, I just don't see that happening. Hmm. How, how uh, You play with a lot of V6 and K-series stuff. Mm-hmm. How does uh, – like what – what is it? I've heard that the transmissions are a little fragile. Yeah. Um, have you found that to be true or no? And the turbo cars. Let me, yeah, or? let me go over that a little bit. The, the K series will pop fourth gears all the time. Okay. Uh, I think two things happen. I think that people rev the heck out of those motors and shift them like idiots, and uh, the, the, not so much the synchros getting eaten up, but the uh, uh, the next set of dogs that are actually on the gear get chewed up pretty good. Uh, so are the, are the they get kind of notchy. Are the shafts unsupported? And, there, there's yeah, a different. Then there, but that's not causes that. The second thing is what you're talking about is uh, fourth gears pop on them a lot. Okay. And basically, you get 350 plus horsepower. You're doing a long pull, you know, in fourth yeah. gear on yeah. boost, and uh, the shafts bow. Yep. And then it. Knocks one tooth off, then they all come off. Yeah, a lot of the high horsepower B series front wheel drive drag race, sport front wheel drive and stuff, they convert to a four speed with like Liberty Cuff and right. they eliminate fifth gear and put a bearing in there hmm. and tie the two shafts together. Well, interesting but. you should mention that. We're actually building, uh, we have a prelude with a turbo and we're going to convert it to a four speed. And uh, I've got a 405 final drive out of the CRVA from India. And. Uh, <laughs> We're gonna <laughs> from India. Yeah, from India. Just settled on that one. That one sounds. You know, about and we're right. gonna and we're gonna we're gonna cuff. We're gonna cuff yeah. uh, fifth gear. Okay. And then it'll only be one through four. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. When you got a lot of power, you don't quite need the tight ratios that the road race guys. No, you to. can. It's so. like running a V six. You just throw yeah. it whatever gear sounds yeah, good at the time, and you just fun. leave it there. Uh, um, now, now, what uh, you're here at a track event? What kind of on track activities have you participated in in the past few years? Like, what do you do in the past three years? Just autocross. Yeah. I mean, uh, okay. road. Uh, that's not true. We'll I guess I've done. A, I've done a couple track days. I've done a few track days. Okay. Uh, I haven't done it a lot recently. I used to have a uh, an IT what the hell, like an ITS car. Um and what uh, kind of uh, car was that? It was an '89 Civic with a B16. Okay. And uh, that would tech technically that wouldn't be ITS. That would yeah, be it's ITE. not ITS. I'm te- ITE. Thank ITE you. ITE is it's sorry. Kind of it's like been a while. Catch all. Yeah, yeah. I've crashed a lot. Oh, so uh, anyway, <laughs> it's an ITE car and yep. Uh, yep. IT everything. That's yep. right. So uh, every region is different with improved right. Kind of stuff. So uh, and I pounded that in the wall at about 70 miles an hour. And then I did. Not a good place to put it. Yeah. yeah. Well, what happened was after I did we that. All have our days. What after I did that, I built a new car and I wanted to be really fast. My brother decided he wanted to race it, and then somebody decided they wanted to buy it. But at the same time, I started all of a sudden building cars for magazine articles. So I just just did you know yeah. build after build for the magazine, magazine articles. articles are what drives the business. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, now your day to day job, do you basically play with stuff and experiment and build mounts and stuff? I do. Have you ever seen my signature on a Honda tech? It says, yep. I screw around with Hondas all day, so I you don't have that. to. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's kind of the, the backstory on Hasbro? Like, how did it come into being? Yeah, it's been around for a long time. Yeah, we started off. Uh, you were a junkyard first, right? Yeah. Well, yep. I used to teach tennis for a living, so I've had a lot of ex- engineering experience. <laughs> and uh, when uh, my son got to be about four years old and was sort of starting school, my wife said, you need a different job. So I said, fine. I went to work for my brother at the salvage yard. So uh, we did the salvage art thing for a while. I didn't like it. Uh, he had a 
side business, business selling performance parts because he wanted, first of all, he told me, if you come to work for me, I'll let you build a race car. And secondly, he had this little side business. He would buy parts from uh, performance companies, AEM and uh, New Speed and companies like that. Yeah, that and it was called this, HAS like Motorsports. This is like the, yeah, I remember that. For was Honda like Auto the Salvage. Mid-90s? Yeah, Honda, yep. Honda Auto Salvage Motorsports. Okay. Huh. So I remember this, yeah. Yeah, and this I, when I first started getting into this. Yeah, and then uh, some guy came to us one day and said, hey, I'd like to do an engine swap in my car. You know, I've got the ZC motor from Japan. You guys seem to be fairly knowledgeable. We've been, you know, road racing and tracking, yeah, yeah. you know, at CRX. Uh, and I want to write it up as an article for Grassroots Motorsports. So we said, yeah, sure, we'll cool. do it. So, so we did the swap for them, and uh, everything went smoothly except for two wires swapped to the distributor. The white which, wires? Uh, no. Oh, didn't burn out anything. Won't yeah, make it exactly. Run. No, we actually, wires, I had actually people. swapped the two crank angle sensor wires, which yes. retards the transmit, the yeah. retards the timing. I've done a ZC swap. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, I spent three so, weeks uh, trying to get the wiring right. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, uh, a friend of ours figured it out, and uh, but anyway, we're off and running. So uh, my brother decided that he didn't want that business distracting from Honda Auto Salvage. So I moved into another shop with my dad, and I started doing engine swaps over there. And then uh, we were having real difficulty getting uh, motor mounts from uh, Place Racing was a big builder at the time. And then yeah, HCP I was just going to say, the Place Racing mount was a steel mount. You know, they right. Sold, they were around for a while, but they, they were. were one of the first ones that commercially sold it. They did, They were. And I was trying to get him to sell me just the steel yep. housing without a bushing in them because I wanted to put uh, bushings you could press in. Yep. In, and he was like, no, 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 Yeah, no. they had kind of a poured-in bushing. Yeah, right? it was yeah. bonded in there. Yep. Hmm. So, so anyway. What, one engine swap with Place Racing mounts. Yep. Me too. So uh, so we started getting kind of known for that stuff, and then uh, it was difficult to get parts from uh, place racing. And uh, then I decided to do an 84-7 to B-Series swap and because uh, they weren't interested in doing it. So I did it, and I found out, hey, this isn't hard to do. So we decided at that point that, um, you know, why don't we just do our own engine mounts? What, what years were that? That was 97, okay. probably. No, you guys were just cutting and welding steel stuff back then? or uh, Originally, uh, the original prototype was steel, but yeah. we started making them in aluminum from day one okay. just because we wanted to differentiate ourselves. Um, from. Uh, uh, nowadays, do you guys have, like, giant milling machines yeah. and all that we stuff? Yeah, we have six CNC. Like big Haas machines or whatever? Yeah, Haas okay. machines. Wow. Um, at first, did you farm that stuff out or what? Uh, at first, we were welding plates and stuff like that just uh oh, we were having t- some water jack yep. and just yep. having it take together and then uh then we started adding billet pieces to it because it was easier and uh easier to cut them out of billet you know there were certain things that worked much better and then uh we decided to buy a uh a cnc milling machine because people were trying to get stuff from done from were just flaky um the very first mount was done by a guy, uh, Trion Giorgio, who was a, a, a student at ASU for engineering. He did the first mount. And then uh, he actually went off to do school full-time, so we hired a guy by the name of Brian Parks who uh, was uh, uh, just uh, uh, he, – he was funny. He kind of got it up front and figured out that, you know, uh, you know, what the look should be like and everything. So he wound up doing stuff for, for like three years. He did all our – our, designing and uh, mm-hmm. modeling and stuff like that and the initial programming so he did it and at that time we were i was doing a lot of the wiring stuff because basically we had decided back in the days of welding the plates together that the big problem with engine swaps were people just weren't getting the wiring right you know they would go and send their car to a shop for Always three months the hardest part yeah, yeah. 
for it, most know, guys, yeah. It'd be gone for three months, and they'd finally get it back from the shop. And the the only re- the reason the check engine light didn't come on is that somebody pulled the bulb. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and then they had an RPM activated switch that, you know, turned on the VTEC. So it was pretty flaky. Because <laughs> yeah, that's the way you do it. That's how you did it. Exactly. <laughs> you don't need to compensate for fuel maps. You no, just you just turn up the fuel blah! pressure. Just pull, turn up the fuel pressure and and <laughs> put an RPM activated well, switch goes, on blah! it. Yeah. So, uh, so I started making wiring harnesses. So anyway, uh, Brian would uh, Brian did a really nice job of designing all our early mounts and stuff like that. And he was with us for about four years before he, he went away into bigger and better things. And uh, um, we went through, you know, numerous other people after that point. You know, we kind of, by that time, we'd kind of established a, st- established a style and, and everything, you know, worked out kind of well for us after that. So but it was a lot of fun. Um, I recently, for my buddy, I talked about him on the podcast a few weeks ago. He had the car with the long LS fifth gear that goes boom, at Road America. <laughs> Isn't that um, funny? The, uh, he and I are doing a engine swap into a, uh, it would be like a first-gen CRX, but it's a third-gen Civic Wagon. I talked to you last fall about it. It's an H to B swap right. into an old wagon. Somebody, the guy's um, here, isn't he? Yeah, he's here. Yeah, I was yeah, just talking to him. Yeah, he's, he's one of our instructors. He's got a black Civic uh, hatchback. Yeah, right. Uh, flat black. Really interesting little car. But yep. a lot of uh, you know homemade aero and stuff. But uh, I think those are the, those are old TIG welded aluminum mounts from you guys. Uh, we got them secondhand because I didn't even know you were still selling those. But you're still selling mounts for like the 84 to 87 yeah. stuff, huh? The, uh, those are the only ones that still have TIG welding on them. Yeah. That's, huh. It's still the only ones? Yep. Uh, I these ones were they probably been painted three times and we were sandblasting <laughs> and <laughs> nice. stuff. But uh, yeah, we've I've put a lot of I've probably put fifty engines in with Hasport mounts uh, in the past fifteen years uh, for friends and buddies and in college I did a lot of motor swaps. But uh, yeah, the the wiring was always the thing that was the problem. Um, as far as nowadays, you have uh, you have a lot of uh, pre-made engine wiring harness stuff. Right. For, is a lot of jumper harness stuff where you plug and play into the factory engine Depends. Like the K-Series is a jumper. Okay. Um, you know, uh, 92 to 5 Civic, 96 up Civic, that stuff's all jumper. Yep. Um, the, Just add uh, the thing in. But, of. you know, H-Series is usually you redo the whole thing yeah. because there's a lot of, you know, the alternators on the front instead of the back. Yeah, and, everything's in the wrong yeah, spot. Exactly. Yeah. And then... You know, there's some other ones, too, that wind up, uh, you have to send us both harnesses, like the CRZ. Oh, okay. People send harnesses into you. And oh, yeah. You know. CRZ, you okay. need a CRZ harness and an 06 Civic SI harness, okay. you know, and you, we meld those into the same thing. Do you sell a lot of the CRZ swap stuff? Yeah, probably sold 20. Okay. Wow. Oh, so there's that's a lot not of true. That's not true. CRZ's I bet coming. we sold over 40. Okay. Mostly yeah. here in the States? Or? No, mostly overseas. Okay. Really? Where? Yeah. Uh, Malaysia, Southeast Asia, a lot. That's of awesome. Oh yeah, there's a lot of guys driving around with fast size cars over there. Started out doing some of that stuff. Yeah, but uh, I haven't seen any. I've never seen one in person. Yeah, but well, I mean it's a, cool. it's a decent looking car, yeah, but they, then in the performance aspect, it kind of just they had such potential with the looks of it. Yeah, you know, it kind that, of like, that car was originally designed with a K series. I have no idea why they didn't put it in there. It fits really well. Huh? It fits perfect in there. Wow, huh. it's like great. If well, I move the engine back another half an inch. Which kind of puts it kind of under the cowl a little bit more than I wanted to. Yeah. The 06 Civic SI header fits perfectly. Interesting. Wow. So, 
Um, you can actually put the stock one in there. The only the 06 Civic header in there, it just can't run the sway bar where it is. You got to run a different sway bar. Do you think that might be a popular swap coming up with the CRZs as you're depreciating? <sighs> God, I hope so. Older? Yeah, yeah. I, I, we, I've seen an escalation in the number of kits we're selling, so I think it's going to be a more popular They're kit. Really, it's be a CRZs awesome. and fits, man. That's yeah. what it's going to be. Yeah, because uh, everything, everything else has everything else has K series. Yeah, <laughs> the second gen fit will actually fit the with our CRZ mouse. You can put the K series in the second gen fit. It's the same. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Ah. I didn't know it's that. a little bit narrower, narrower car, but the basically the mounts are the same. Wow! Wow! So Honda's really kind of sharing things. Still, they do that always. You yeah. just you just don't realize. It's like when we discovered you could take the EG subframe and bolt it in the EK in order to get a lot more room to put the movie yeah. the motor back. Mm -hmm. That was one of those things where I'm like, "On this looks like it'll fit," and I throw it in there and I'm like. <laughs> Whoa, this fits. You know, so it was you just, think there's someone in the engineering department at Honda that's like, oh, they found out this isn't. I, yeah. No, I think there's. I think there's somebody in the engineering department that back in the day went, well, oh, shit, this is the same geometry. Yeah, you know? we, we have to re-engineer yeah, this so that we, we need get paid to, for. We need year. to make this. We need to make this. We need to make this less expensive. Let's These just make it like this. We're not telling anybody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. These guys look really similar, yeah. so we need to make sure we get paid next year. Exactly. <laughs> so let's change the geometry a little bit. Yeah, yeah. The, the geometry didn't change. It's just the only thing that changed was like two bolts. Just they moved it. They yeah, made it I mean the, the the subframe is you know a much different construction, stamped steel, and sits farther forward. But there's plenty of room back there for it to sit farther forward, so it's fine. Um, now, if we're talking as far as if you were going to build your ultimate track or race Honda, what my would you ultimate build? track, what Honda. would you build? Yeah, <sighs> that's I mean, a good being, question. I you, mean, you've built more Hondas and more different Hondas than probably anybody. Yeah, it's, what, what would you build? It's probably a toss-up between like a Type R chassis and a 99 SI chassis. Really? Yeah. Those are two. I, I mean, I, I would kind of expect the Type R, but if you want to build a road race car, they're both kind of heavy. But they're also both very good. Yeah, but you can lighten them both up. Yeah, you I mean, can get them I, personally, yeah. okay. Let me back up. What? What? Let me back your, up. What's your? Best I probably, track? I probably answered what I think most people want to hear. In reality, I built a freaking CRX. Huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's what everybody else wanted yeah. to hear. That's what I've been saying. Yeah, a CRX is a, is yeah. is like the shit. <laughs> I mean. There is something about them. Isn't there? Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I don't care what them. motor you put in it; it's the shit. Yeah, there's some cool. About yeah, them. you know, but after driving Phil's K swap or K twenty four swapped EG yep. today, like that's a fun car. I'm kind of yeah. dude. It was two hundred, two hundred forty or and so. And Phil horsepower. is the guy who bought Tall Kyle's K CRX, this chassis. Oh, really? Minus the motor. Is that motor going in? Uh, he's building a different one. He's building a better motor. Dude, that's gonna so be a beast. We're gonna have another. We're gonna have another CRX lover coming I've, up. I've <laughs> got a new set of dual height mounts coming out for the CRX so that you can get the. The K twenty, so you don't have to cut the hood for the K twenty four, so that'll okay. be out here before too long. Yeah, you, you just run a here, you just run a splitter somewhere. down lower so to protect yep. the oil pan. Cool. But, Any other uh, projects that you're working on that you, uh, you can talk about? That I can talk about. <laughs> That's the main thing that yeah. you can talk about. <laughs> I we just came out with dual height mount um, K, K lean kits for the drag cars. Okay. Where lean the engine forward. What's the uh, benefit of that to change? The benefit of that or? is if you've got uh, an all motor car, it drops the um, ITBs down so that you can bring them into the front oh, that of the car. Makes sense, yeah. oh, okay. The yeah. other, and if it's a turbo car, yeah, otherwise they aim up so much. Right. Yeah. And if it's a turbo car, it allows you to put have a huge amount of room behind the motor behind for the it. turbo. Huh. And then that way, a lot of the turbo guys are changing their or servicing their transmission every couple of runs, mm -hmm. and it makes it much easier for them to pull the transmission. Now you sell to a lot of racers, and but I would imagine most of your stuff is to streetcar guys. Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, yeah, obviously that's a much bigger market. Yeah. Now with that extra lean, how do you compensate for you know with oil and everything? 
The oil for drag cars not going to be a big deal okay. because the oil is still going to make it down to the bottom. Right. Um, and people are taking the oil pan and basically shaving off, you know, uh, uh, shaving off the front corner of it and just welding a flat plate on. Okay. And then the the pickup is slightly angled, but it's no big deal because you yeah, just put a little extra oil in your fine. Place yeah. And go yeah. Backwards and it's exactly. Like, yeah. Okay. So uh, that's I, I would imagine there's going to be more street cars doing that because the racing always drives the street car look. Yeah. yeah. So I'm sure we'll be seeing more and more of that. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, it doesn't on a drag strip. It doesn't affect it. I don't. Th- okay. I think for road racing, it might be a problem. Okay. Yeah, we. Uh, I mean, the primary killer of motors at uh, at Gingerman and at many tracks is an unbaffled pan. Right. Um, with uh, with the K series, I know a lot of guys don't run a baffled pan. Uh, they just overfill it. You overfill so, it. That's yeah, the way to do it. Six quarts of oil in it. And stuff. Yep. Um, I would imagine that's not too big of a deal. In as long as you're not but... into the windage, you're fine. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and that works out fine because what happens is it's usually it's usually under cornering yeah. that the oil doesn't flow down quick yep. enough. But if you got an extra two quarts, who gives yeah. a shit? As far it's, as the B series fine. and D series Hondas, you know they got the big hump. Uh, right. Where if you're in a hard, that would be a left-hander. It runs uh, up it runs into the up into the sump and the yep. and the pickups in the bottom. But it, right. And, uh, the D series pans are baffled pretty well, but yep. the B series stuff's not. Um, as far as uh, road racing stuff goes, uh, if you were going to build your ultimate CRX or whatever, what kind of engine would you put out? You know that freaking the freaking V6 is awesome in that car. Doesn't that change the the uh, the like the nose? And it doesn't the seem to matter. Really? As long as you put a big enough tire up front, huh? As long no. as you put enough rubber up front, it's fine. Spring rates enough. Yeah, exactly. Enough spring, enough tire. It's good. I mean, it's going to be a little bit nose heavy, but it just that car so damn short doesn't make much difference. How much power does that make? People are getting three hundred fifty horsepower out of them naturally wow. aspirated, you know. But you can get. You can get uh, 275 to 300 with very little effort. It's have a lot more distinct sound to it than... Yeah, say, V6, like, it just cylinders. sounds totally different. People are like, oh, this sounds like a freaking Mustang. A V6 Mustang? <laughs> you know. Now, and, some uh, of the V6s have like a single exhaust port in the head, right? And yeah, the newer like ones. Tubular header? Yep, the newer ones. And um, you have basically a... a they call it a J-pipe. Okay. Is what... Uh, are they both of, used in swaps and stuff or no? We our kits our mounts will fit both. the uh, The wiring is more sophisticated on the single out outlet ones because you wind up using the newer ECUs. Um, I'm not sure people are using. I, I'm sorry. I believe people are using the AEMs, but the more popular one to use is the uh, 07 TL with a um, Flash Pro from Honda. Okay. Oh, so Honda makes a product yeah. for that. Yeah. Um, and there's drive by wire too. Okay. Do you see a lot of your customers doing any kind of standalones nowadays or no? Yeah, AEM is okay. a common one. Like mm-hmm. the new so, Affinity and the old AEM, right. EMS I, and stuff? Yeah, I, and we're talking standalone on the V6s. Um, yeah. Yeah. That really uh, – nope, I just got a hot dog thrown at me by Tom Kyle. I'm going to eat that too. Um, it didn't roll too much, so it's probably not got a lot of stuff on it. That's fine. Yeah. I'm eating a burger too. People are delivering me food as we talk. Probably I know, really jealous. rude. I keep trying to steal away to get a bite of this brownie, but <laughs> why don't you eat some, man? Me and Austin. All right, talk. Hey, I'm going to talk. We've just been chowing down, yeah. man. We've just been listening to Brian and Jason talk. We, our it jobs are cool. so easy. Now, I know man. it's great. Greg talk. Greg with his awesome radio voice. He Greg. Is. Greg it's, has an amazing radio voice, so doesn't good. he? He texted me. He said he actually did radio in college. Oh, really? <laughs> and he's like, "Did somebody really say that my my voice was good?" I yes. Did radio in college. Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's got an awesome radio voice. Yeah, he does. Um, I, he bought a microphone the other day. Oh, did he? Yeah, Greg did. He, awesome. Greg is totally coming out. Of yeah, we're we're gonna be having Greg. I would like to have Greg on, on more often. often. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's got great stories. Yeah, he's, he's got, got a lot of them. Yeah. Um, but the uh, yeah the the podcast has been kind of easy with all these guests. Yeah, so. it's it's not been that bad actually. Yeah, and uh, yeah, one of our you know Greg's a pretty interesting guy. I find Brian fascinating because of all the diversified. Uh, oh, we have we. <laughs> We've got uh, we've got potato guns and water balloons being shot at guys riding mopeds in I the mean, paddock. Um, <laughs> anyway, I find Brian I find Brian fascinating because of all the diversified kind of motorsports you've played with, um, especially the salt flat stuff. Obviously, I kind of geek out on that a little bit. Um, You're so welcome to come out with me anytime I go out. It's so freaking far oh, away. Cool. <laughs> no, um, it's not. The going to Bonneville is kind of a lifelong I dream. Fly to Salt Lake City. I would. I would literally love to go to Bonneville for a week because I've been reading Hot Rod since I was probably eight. I've been a subscriber since I was 12. And you always see the issues with pics from Bonneville. They make the prettiest pictures, and it's so historic. Um, and our really, our sport and our culture wouldn't even exist probably if some dudes after World War II wouldn't even found that place. Yeah, um, that's what's crazy you know, about they that took, whole thing. They took some old bombs and put flathead V8s in them and went 150 miles an hour in them. <laughs> belly tanks. Belly yeah, tanks. belly tanks, bombs, but they look like bombs. They do. You know, fuel, fuel tanks. So do we, do we owe everything we do to airplanes and A lot wars? of it. Most <laughs> everything to aerospace. Yeah. That's exactly right. Wars, yeah. I was having it. conversations today about aero on cars, and I'm like going, Mm-hmm. See these vortex generators? You can see these on the cockpits of fighters from the 1950s. <laughs> yeah. That's you know? that That's 1950s yeah. technology, exactly. That's exactly right. <laughs> um, as far as... Uh, talk about intercoolers? Let me tell you about intercoolers. <laughs> that's, that's probably not a car <laughs> thing, is it? Uh, no. <laughs> Came from somewhere else. It, yeah, World War II, they had turbos. How deep, into, uh, how deep into aero development and stuff for road race cars have you got? <sighs> Here's the problem. I, I'm an idiot, and I read race car engineering, so I've got, like, theories out the wazoo. And I look at We what, all do. Yeah, and I look at what people do, and I'm like, no, 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 that's not how you do that. Yeah, I was actually over at a Honda America race team in Ohio uh, a couple yeah, days ago. I've raced with several of those I'm not, I know you have. And, uh, yeah, Kevin Runke and a bunch of guys. Yeah. yeah. I Kevin. What's his name? Anyway. But I was in there talking to them, and I'm, and they're, I'm looking at some of the stuff they're doing, and they're talking about it, and I said, Oh, you know what BTCC did to, for, to solve that problem? You know what so and so did. You to need solve to stop giving any of the STL guys any help. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing catch up from like you know six rows back here. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. They're going to take my advice. I'm sure I was speaking out of out of school. So, um, but uh, what uh, those what guys th- are real engineers. They certainly are. A lot of them are running the, uh, the new NSX prototype stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I know. A couple of my STL competitors were recently at the Nurburgring testing right. uh, with the new NSX, and it was just spotted in Chicago um, in, in, on the street. There was a new one spotted. There was rumor it was supposed to be here. Here today? Yeah. But, well, I mean, I, well, well, wait till tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> we might know. All right. Um, but, uh, Never yeah, mind. Do you know anything about the new NSX? It's been it's been the thing that people talk about for what five other years than, now. Other than seeing it at the Honda Heritage uh, Museum the other day, I don't know anything about it. I mean, I know I know the motors. Can you know put, what I was trying to get? Can we put a K series in it? Oh yeah, but you could put K series <laughs> two, in the old two one. Of them? Can we make you a could V8 put a K series in the old one? The only problem <laughs> with that would be the transmission wouldn't hold up. Could you imagine with rear tire grip on a K series transmission? There, there's been some gear. talk of uh, uh, of an STL one being built. 
it's been like the theorized like you could do that you would build it with the nsx transmission though because any any u.s available chassis i mean i always talk about stl because it's my class but any u.s available chassis Mm -hmm. besides the lotus uh lotus at least in xe's is i mean that and that might be available soon or eligible soon but any u.s available chassis with a two liter or less and it can be a swap right is eligible for my class and that's People think that could be the ultimate build. You don't think the trans would hold up, huh? No, but you would just make an adapter plate and run the stock transmission. It'd be fine. Oh, yeah, adapter because plate's it's, illegal. Yeah, because it's That's like, a good idea. Yeah. yeah. Wait, could you That's, run an Evo in STL? No, it's... Uh, Non-turbo? Oh, uh, not, not turbo cars. That would be an STU STU. Okay, okay. But you could run it... Think about it. You could run an RDX STU car with uh, yeah. the freaking NSX chassis, and that would be the shit. That would be a good mm. car. Yeah. yeah. Although RDX is 2.3. STU. Wait, STU. Can yeah, you turbo can STU. you destroke yeah. it to meet rules? No, you can't. No, no. You oh, run an okay. STU. Yeah, STU. Okay. Run an STU. Three point two liters in under. I you think, can't do a turbo in STL. No. Can you? No, no. Yeah, that's STU only. Right. And so you uh, would. So it, I would yeah. run the RDX RDX motor yep. in STU, and that would give you weight advantage. Uh, mm-hmm. I just recently put some RDX injectors in my car. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a pretty popular mod for a lot of older Hondas. They have a better spray pattern and stuff. Yep. I picked up about five horsepower with that stupid thing. Oh, wow. Um, that's but, significant. Uh, I mean, that's like the estimated versus our first pull. I mean, do they, do they flow more, too? Or well, they... Yeah, they do flow more, but okay. it's it's mainly a spray pattern kind of thing. They okay. have this nice oh. little plate that's on there with these nice little directed holes on yeah, them. Yeah, it's a much better, like, mist kind of spray pattern versus huh. the old-school Bosch-style injector that was just <laughs> little garden hose, you know. Um, <laughs> but the RDX, do you have you played with that motor at all? It's a, it's a K-series no, not at all. sort of. Because but. the problem is the, the bullpen are too large. Yeah. So uh, it doesn't really Only bolt a couple up to have ever been swapped into front-wheel drive setups, like Civics and stuff. Has um, anybody done it? I've not Somebody has it. done one, okay. but not too many. Yeah. Um, I would I would imagine that would be very similar to you know people putting F-series in their car. Yeah. I mean F-series like out of the... Uh, S two thousand. Yeah, you know yeah. it's 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 uh, probably. I was going to say I have an F series Accord motor in my Civic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm a, I'm kind of a yeah. weird dude. S two thousand. But that's a great mo- that's a great motor. I mean BC has been making big horsepower yeah, with that yeah. forever. Uh, Ten years ago, and it's eight light. years ago, he was it's the not guy very heavy. No, it's really not. Once you get the balance yeah. shafts out of there, it's not yeah. too bad. It's it's really light. Um, that that was the car that I went 151 miles an hour here with, and it's uh, it's scary going to turn eleven. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but, that's great. Um, yeah, so you've never never really experimented with the 2.3 or whatever Not yet. RDX. I mean, I've got the um, I've got a bunch of information on it, and at some point I may do something with it. The problem the problem is when we pick swaps we're going to be do we we actually look at the number of parts that are available for them. Like for instance, let's you know how many of those engines are in the salvage yard. Yeah. Uh, are the engines seven hundred dollars? Where people yeah. want to buy them? Yeah. They're about a thousand right now. Yeah, they're pretty cheap. Yeah, but um, but uh, even still. The the problem is that it would require an adapter plate, and it would require you know all sorts of other silly stuff, and that would make it uh, a little less. I'm sorry. You put in an adapter plate. The engine's already pretty wide. Yeah, on you're it, spacing so it wider. You're, yeah, you're like you putting custom, it into the frame rail. Flywheel at that point, and yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it starts. Yeah. That's when it starts. You might be able to get away with just a spacer. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, because actually the starters on the transmissions oh no it's on the engine side well no you wouldn't be able to get away with space so you have to do a custom flywheel okay yeah. so the question is you know what flywheel would work but you know what yeah. might very well work is there's a j-series flywheel uh for an adapter plate that one that one might work so huh. yeah, anyway. with, with the k-miata stuff we you know we had to david had to make a custom flywheel for right. it uh, because the flywheel like you said the starters on the engine side mm-hmm. so the starter can't extend another half inch out to catch the teeth of the, yep. of the ring gear 
Um, so a custom flywheel was made, and that was like the toughest part of the project. Actually, he went through half a dozen flywheels where he got one they really liked. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, because the, the transmission had to be yeah. at the right angle to Everything match the engine exactly that was at a certain perfect. angle, and, and yep. And you'd think it's a simple dimension, but even the pros couldn't get it right a few times. Yeah. But uh, well, uh, when uh, you get in, when you get that deep into a swap thing, you know, with engine mounts and and a plate, it really becomes kind of expensive, and that's the only drawback to like the Kamiata is there's a lot of parts involved. Right. So that's not something you guys really want to venture. Well, we into looked at much. that a few. We looked at that probably about a year ago, and we're looking at all the parts that were required in order to do that. And it was one of those things where at the time, and probably now too, uh, we weren't interested in making a flywheel. We weren't interested in making, mm -hmm. you know, a couple other parts that were required. The yeah, subframe was actually going to yeah. be the easy part. Um, because we were just going to do sheet metal with, you know, and tabs and have it, you know, kind of assemble and weld together. But there's also the, there's also, at the particular time, we weren't sure if it was really going to be a big market. Now it's gotten to the point where we're not, we're not necessarily enthusiastic going in there and stomping on somebody's business. Mm -hmm. So, uh, um, uh, if it turns out that, there seems to be a large demand, and they're not able to f fulfill it. Then we might jump in there. Yeah, but yeah. for the time being, if it, typically, yeah, you know, our much, philosophy yeah. is, if somebody's in there and they're handling the thing and they're doing everything fine, you know, that's good. We're going to stay out. Yeah. Perfect example is the the K series stuff. Uh, the K series for the S two thousand. A couple people are making adapter plates. We've been getting feedback back that the adapter plates aren't sufficient. So now we're thinking about building adapter plates. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know too much about that setup. Yeah, I mean um, that's. The K-Series, you get so much freaking horsepower out of it. Yeah, and they're just, cheaper uh, than an F-20 or F-22. Oh, yeah. You can do a cord motors. And if you're going to boost it, buy a cord motors for $400 and blow them up all day long. You know, and, and so much potential. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. well, what uh, At an event like this, um, mm -hmm. what uh, what is your, uh, since we're kind of at a lapping day lifestyle kind of party event here, you know, family reunion thing, if you were to uh, if you were to just build a track day car, would it still be a CRX or? or do you I'm just thinking want to about drive everybody else's car. Like I, <laughs> I don't want to drive everybody else's car. I'd probably bring the CRZ oh. out here because it's new enough yeah. and mm -hmm. unique enough that I think people would do like those it. Do a lot of attention? Well? Yeah. Huh? Do the CRZs handle pretty well? Yeah, they're yeah. not too bad. What's the There's, suspension setup on those? Like, is it? They're is very it similar to the. The double wishbone? No, no, not at all. They're okay. very similar to the uh, Type R in Europe. Okay. Civic Type R in Europe. They've got this the weird trailing arm style rear salt. They call it a twist beam axles. That's what they call it. And then uh, it has its strut front end. But, you know, it's a fairly small lightweight car, and it, it you know, does fine. It's nice and narrow. They so. seem pretty wide from what I remember. Just they from are pretty wide. Stuff. Yeah. Like, if you look at the, that compared to the fit, it's yeah. much wider than the fit, you know. Interesting. But wide. I'll tell you, my dream car would be uh, take the new HRV rear uh, suspension mm -hmm. and uh, make an all-wheel drive V6 CRZ. Oh, <laughs> that'd be awesome! Yeah, that'd be yeah, my that dream could car. be a fun car. Yeah, um, take the TLX motor V6 and okay. the transmission, get a whatever diff for it, and then run the HRV yeah. rear uh, trailing arms. If only so you knew somebody drive. that did that kind of stuff for a living. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, it's quite a dream job you seem to have. Um, do you uh, you enjoy working in this kind of business? <laughs> Everybody, has I still it. have the passion. Yeah. You know, it's you that's know. the thing. It's like how many years me, you've been you've been doing it for nearly twenty years. Seventeen right? years is how okay. long we've been Hasport 
um, and then a couple of years before that. So. You know, his, his job reminds me of, you know, like when you were kids and you like Legos and you always wanted to be like the Lego yeah. designer? Yeah. Like not for Honda guys. That's like Brian's yeah, job. Brian's the Lego designer. <laughs> yeah, the blue block fits with that red block really, <laughs> yeah. really well. Uh, I remember getting sitting at uh, dinner time one time with a guy's bunch of guys that worked at Honda and a bunch of other guys that worked for the magazines. And I'm sitting there going, I want to do a V6 CRX. And they're like, you know what you're like? You're like talking to some 17-year-old kid who's got some crazy-ass dream, <laughs> but then yours actually gets built. <laughs> uh, as far as racing goes, what uh, what type of, do you enjoy the most? You've probably done just about everything. I just enjoy winning. I mean, I, I'm not... I'm not caught up on what I'm doing. I mean, if I had an autocross car that was like national level, I'd dig the hell out of that. When you're, we built you're the, there for the adrenaline rush, oh to yeah. the win. When yeah. we built the Integra that won H1 that one year, that was just freaking awesome, and yeah. it, and it was so fun going back and forth with uh, John Grudensky on the rules and figuring out you know what we could do and how we were going to sell it to the rules committee if somebody protested and you know how these things were going to go along. You know, that was just that was just a blast. I mean, Bernardo Martinez actually, you know, did the hard part. He did the driving. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, we did the thing that took months, you know, and, and just yeah, sat that there. Was and, a, I remember that effort. That yeah. Was, that was one of the inspirational things that got me into, like, wanting to do wheel-to-wheel -wheel stuff was uh, reading up on that, that year that you guys had. Um, and, and the Super D was the other thing that kind of got Oh, the Bernard. Yeah, that thing was yeah. a killer project. That was a cool project. Yeah, but yeah. I, I love that. I love the engineering aspect of it, and that's probably what appeals to me with the land speed racing is the fact that it's a it's a mental exercise as well as a driving exercise. Yeah, yeah. So uh, um, I'm hoping that uh, this year, racing with my son a little bit more, I'll be I'll work on my own skills, and we can uh, build some cars that uh, can do well in the. Uh... <laughs> Need to heat that up, please. Yeah, uh, you might not <laughs> want to eat that hot. Yeah. on the floor. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, we're trying to. Um, Hopefully, I can work on my skills and and uh, then uh, maybe start competing a little bit more uh, seriously with uh, road racing. It sounds like, like that. It sounds like you're fairly busy as is, but uh, moderately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah th that's that's the other thing is we're starting the new freaking VTech Academy thing, which is like yep. yeah. Tell us about that nice. a little bit. Yeah, uh, all the things you do. You can yeah. tell us about all the things. <laughs> uh, I'm sure all the listeners have uh, all gone to bed by now, but let's nah. <laughs> but uh, oh, Aaron, well, we can take a break and do another. <laughs> How many minutes in are we on this? We one? are an hour and ten minutes in already. Holy shit! Oh, you want to do another so, fifteen, and we'll call you with Brian, or we'll have him back. We can tomorrow? do this. Can be the last one if you want. I'll come back tomorrow if you want. I'll it's just hang out in the audience and drink Brian, beer. You guys, you guys make the call. I'll Brian's just, I'll just hang out and drink beer. You, you right, guys well, can. Uh, what's, uh, what's and correct the, people. What's the VTech Academy thing? The VTech Academy is a website. Uh, Aaron Bonk and Aaron Gehagen. Aaron Bonk uh, used to be the editor of Honda Tuning and then okay. was a writer uh, at you know a lot of the different magazines. And then Aaron Gehagen, who is a, a video editor, uh, worked for Channel Three in Phoenix. That's where I met him, and works as a video editor in San Diego now. We've got a website that's going to be real Honda tech heavy called VTech dot Academy. Okay. So uh, taking advantage of the new. Uh, um, you know, uh, addresses that they have. Anyway, uh, VTech Academy is just going to be Honda Tech. That's what it's going to be. So uh, we've uh, started putting well, stuff not, in there. Not Honda Tech, the forum. Right, right. But not Honda the, Technical. Honda Technical. Oh, there you yeah. go. There you go. Stuff. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify that Honda, because uh, yeah. there would be a lot of people technical that didn't stuff. go. That's yeah. a big forum, Honda-Tech.com. Yeah. It is. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, basically, we're 
trying to fill the void uh, from the closing of uh, Honda Tuning. And uh, it would be nice if we eventually made it into a magazine. But right now we're just kind of satisfied to just uh, write some cool articles and yeah. uh, let people... Uh, I mean, it's, it's a formula that's worked for some other, I guess, people that have worked for magazines that are, are now defunct. Right. Um, you know, and, and for you guys, I think it's, it's a perfect fit. That's what we're hoping. So uh, I'm gl- I talked to you six months ago, and you said you were looking to, to do something. I'm glad it finally came together. The uh, is a website uh, I've been. On it's it. up and live. It's, yeah, it's going. Yeah, you just go to vtech.academy. Cool. Cool. I'll uh, check that out, man. There's a couple of articles there, and we're adding more all the time, yeah. and videos too. I mean, we're gonna. I uh, did a nice little thing with uh, Honda Pro Jason here earlier, awesome. and I'm gonna run around uh, tomorrow and interview a bunch of these people. Some of these car- cars are just freaking awesome, so yeah, I'm going to do yeah. some... Uh, Tomorrow's going to be a totally different day. Too. There's, yeah, there's just, a lot of builds that are just very, very nice that just no one really knows about. Exactly. Except a couple people's that's friends just, and stuff like so that. That's what's so cool about this. It reminds me of the four-wheel drive industry mm-hmm. kind of in Southern California. You, you know the big-name companies, you know, they, and some of the coolest shit is being done by privateers. Yeah. You know, cool. and that's just like it is right here. That's what I used, to, I used to, you know, read Peterson's Off-Road and, mm-hmm. and uh, like, JP Magazine and stuff like that, and there was tons of stuff that there'd just be some random guy that had something that was amazing. It was way cool. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And he'd actually use it, which is, you know, like a lot of the guys here. Oh, yeah. These guys are all out on the track, so yeah. it's not some... You know, show car being Some built for... Some of them are for, so clean, though, you know, that they SEMA could. Booth. They could definitely be show oh, cars sure. if they I wanted mean, people, to be. Yeah, it's like, it's like Jamie's car. Jamie has that aesthetic of, you know, I want it to look too nice, mm-hmm. too. But it's also a, it's a well-executed car, you know. So, uh, you know, it, yeah, it's, uh, it's fast, you know. Yeah, Jamie Lugo, the guy with the purple newer Civic Si that uh, drove up with you. I mean, the car is stunning. The quality that it's put together with is unbelievable. Yeah. And... It goes out and runs 130 miles an hour on the straightaway. It's uh, and they were beating on it until it got hot every session. Right, um, exactly. 200 and 280 hot, not 220 <laughs> hot. Yeah, we're not talking <laughs> 205. Um, yeah, the, the uh, that that is my favorite thing about this event. It's it's a lot of people uh, that you know they've got to know each other at this event. And mm-hmm. They just keep coming back to hang out with their buddies that they see once a year. Well, so. I mean, I'm a, I'm a prime example of that. Yeah, Austin. My first my first Honda meet was literally two weeks after I moved to Chicago. He knew, and I did not know anybody. Did you know any of us? No. You just well, I, I knew Tom. I had met Tom at a um, at a Gingerman test and tune. Yep. Tom and Alan Liang and Mike Pico, and that's yeah. it. And yeah. I, came, I came to this event and met everybody and... It was just, it was amazing. So for that's me, cool. that's why I'm really trying to make it up to these events as much as I can. Yeah, I still Atlanta. can't believe you drove up twice for our events this year. <laughs> and maybe a third time in October, maybe. I can't believe the, we'll uh, see. the Hasport buddies are driving from Phoenix. With, with a three-slash-four-car rollback, depending on yeah. how big the cars are. Yeah, with some clean cars, too, man. Nice. I know we talked about maybe bringing a few more cars next year. Yeah, but, right. Uh, exactly. Ah, you know who else I want to get out here is the people from Honda America Race Team. Those guys, I've, I can't. Yeah, you were talking about that earlier. Those guys aren't out here. I know Some that of those they've guys got have a pretty busy. Uh, I know they have a busy schedule yeah. and they have uh, and they have a budget they have to stay within and they you know plan it early in the year. But uh, I think maybe the key to do that is just uh, have a couple cars out here and say, "Come drive these cars." Our, and our, uh, our you know, we talked about it in the last podcast our sister kind of event, ITR Expo. Yeah, um, they've had some involvement with Honda. A few years now. They had the guys mm-hmm. with the Ariel Atom, the case yeah, swapped uh, Ariel Atom out a couple years ago. They, they, and they and uh, Jay knows a lot of the guys at Honda Corporate. We mm-hmm. Honda helps pay for the banquet for them and stuff. They do a huge banquet mm-hmm. on Saturday night usually, or you know one of. And the that's nights. how we were able to get Mid Ohio too yeah. because it's, it's Honda sponsored. They, they kind of gave us one of their days, the Honda oh, wow. days for that event. 
Um, so we, yeah, we. The, the only thing about Honda Meet is we're really not trying to push it because we don't want it to change because it's almost like a perfect weekend on track. You know, that could very well be. If it, yeah. it might get out of control and then people yeah. – because what happens is it's got a unique atmosphere. And if you – if it became Honda Corporate, they would want it to be a certain way, unfortunately. If uh, – yeah, the event that we kind of play with is the Grid Life event. Mm-hmm. Know, it's became co- – the last couple of years, it's become kind of big. Um, we had just about 4,000 people here at Grid Life in May. Um, we had two or 3,000 people at Grid Life in Audubon a few weeks ago. A car show, you know, concert, DJs, that sort of stuff. Um, this event is kind of like, it's, we keep saying like a family reunion, but it's literally just like hanging out in the backyard with your friends. And now we're doing a podcast yeah. from it. <laughs> you know, what's, what's funny, I was thinking about it the other day. You know, Mazda likes to say that more Mazdas are road raced on yeah. any given day or any weekend than any other vehicle. But in yeah. the Midwest, I really think it's there's Hondas, more Hondas yeah. tracked. Than any other, it might not any be, other you know, brand of out of numbers at a race, but I mean, yeah, it might not be wheel to wheel, but between we'll have hundreds of autocross here. and, and yeah. reg, random track days, you know, it's just there's, you know, there's it's, a bunch of guys amazing. that literally brought multiple cars just because they got <laughs> yeah. a bunch oh, of yeah. cars. Oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I said, I every year I read through SCCA and find out who won what class and I tally up the number of Hondas versus every other make and stuff like that. And I'm just like, you know, maybe Grid Life is actually the event that Honda should be at because they could actually have a much wider exposure. Yeah, we should probably uh, tag some of those Honda guys in some posts and yep. uh, get a little bit of uh, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, get a little love now, for our Grid Life event. You've been you've been to a lot of events and seen a lot of different, I guess, cultures all around the country and maybe even the world as far as just you know, the car scenes go. Okay, how how does how does the Midwest and what you've seen it? The last Honda Meet you were at, and what this one's shaping up to be so far, compared to that, you know, be, just, you know, just for the community and the, the social aspect of it, and yeah, do you see this sort of, uh, you know, uh, buddy style kind of event? Is this a thing you see anywhere else? Because I'd like in to go California to when I go to the track events there, you have little pockets of people at the event that are like this group, mm-hmm. but you don't have this group. Okay. Like you got two or three buddies that they set up their tent together. You got half you got a dozen kids, half a dozen or two or three here and there, and you got like little pockets of them. They're not really. Uh, you come to this event and it's just it's just a much Everyone's bigger just, group yeah. that's all kind of, you know, everybody's eating off sharing the same it. grill. Exactly. Kind of, yeah. It's, they're all sharing, and it's Good. just I'm glad like we're doing something different here. Yeah, it is. It's just fantastic. I mean, I think it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, the other to, thing, it, the other. That, I was going to say it had to have impressed you a couple of oh, years yeah. ago when you came out for you to come oh, back absolutely. again. This is, this is my a, a my son is drive. crushed that he couldn't come this time around, and he's like, "I <laughs> want to go." What's to this. he doing? What's they need to. Why couldn't he come? Or yeah. what's he? Yeah, he's uh, unfortunately it had to do with uh, we were going to take a family vacation out here, and the people we were going to stay with had some problems, so uh, mm. uh, we weren't able to stay with them. Yep. So yep. Um, I had made a commitment to come out here, so I decided to come out here regardless. So yep. cool. Uh, um, and that's what happened. And well, he was, yeah. So next year, you know, he should be out here drag him with. with me. Yeah, he can exactly. Sit in my lemons car anytime he wants. There you go. <laughs> well, we'll drag one of his cars out here, and hopefully yeah. one or two of mine. And cool. then, um, uh, but you know, the other thing to contrast it against is what's on the East Coast. Uh, the East Coast, I've only been there for drag racing. I haven't been there for any road racing. And that drag racing is a freaking scene. It is crazy. It's a big. It's a big, big deal. Yeah, hundred is huge. And but, but. The there's camaraderie with you know different groups, 
you know what I mean, but not with each other so much. And there is crazy money going back and forth with bets on races I and stuff like it, that. Man. And there it. is a and it's a super competitive uh, atmosphere. Um, it's really really interesting out there. I mean, I they have you know eighteen thousand people out there, so it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is. It's just huge. It's just gigantic. Yeah, if we could uh, do that with Grid Life, I wouldn't have to work carpentry. I, I don't anymore. think we'd have to. We'd have to find somewhere new for Grid Life yeah. for eighteen. Yeah. Yeah, we like we need a NASCAR track. We, they were cleaning up the campground around the turn two three complex over there. Mm -hmm. uh, they were cleaning up the campgrounds for four days after Grid Life, and we had one quarter of the amount of people. <laughs> It, uh, yeah, we couldn't stomach 18,000 people here. Yeah, I, uh, drag racing is just a different deal. I mean, it, it's always attracted, I think, a slightly larger crowd, and I think it has to do with the stands, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's a better yeah. – yeah. I don't want to say it's a better spectator sport, but, yeah, I mean, it, it's – Well, it really is. So. It's easier to yeah. take in. Well, Everyone you can see these the whole has a short attention span yep. anyway, so yep. – it's know, a, yeah, it's 15 a very, seconds max. It's <laughs> a very simple form of racing. It's who yeah. gets to the end of that line that you can see from the front to be to the back. Exactly. You can see the whole thing. Yeah. It you only takes a little while. all the drama in 15 yep. to 10 seconds. I mean, I think, you know, when people think of racing cars, you know, that's what they think of. They think of lining two cars up next to each yeah. other and seeing which one's faster. Yeah, well, when you go back to work on Monday, everybody's going to ask you, well, how fast does your car go? Yeah. You know. Uh, how know. often? <laughs> oh, you got a race car? What's it doing the quarter mile? Yeah, exactly. Well, it doesn't do quarter miles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Well, well we you know, what do I lap at PIR? Is that what you're asking? Me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, if you're around tomorrow night, we'd love to have you back. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll be happy uh, to come. Uh, down we should have more out. microphones tomorrow night, so we can uh, we can bring in like Chris and some other more buddies, microphones. So. Fine, more beers. Fine. Yeah, Jay from ITRX was bringing us some more mics. So Sweet. Maybe I won't have to use the tabletop thing. My thumb is literally getting sore from pushing the <laughs> yeah. button down. Um, I'm thinking rubber band. Hopefully, I think hopefully this probably is okay. probably what wrap this one up. It's been about a, what an yeah, hour, an hour, hour and twenty, 20 minutes so. or so um, before I bore it. All right, this is what episode yeah. seven. Yes. Um, oh, and uh, our 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 new intro. Uh, are we changing the intro all the time or no? Uh, I don't know. I thought about maybe changing yeah. the sounds every time, I, I and love, then the new music. Uh, I love the music. Yeah. That song was in my. It's actually I, that band Elephant out yeah. of Knoxville. Yeah. So, the, and uh, those those guys are actually they just graduated high school. They are eighteen. <laughs> that one song, the one song that you used, uh, was in my head for three days. The other it's a day. good song. Uh, it brings it me really back is. to like the late nineties when I was uh, riding BMX and listening to tons of punk, <laughs> yeah, tons of punk rock. So, Brian, real real quick, where can people find out more about you and and your company yeah. and and what you do? Hasport.com, of course, is the company, and uh, VTech.academy. Is the website? Go ahead and, and plug that uh, again. <laughs> Vtech.academy is the website. You can. I'm Brian at Hasport on uh, Instagram, uh, Google Plus. If anybody does that, actually, um, uh, Brian Gillespie on uh, Facebook. Uh, yeah, just uh, drop me a line, ask me a question, and I'll do my best to answer it for you. Yeah, we're uh, and, we're, uh, we're definitely going to drag him over to the tech shed here again for another podcast tomorrow night. But uh, <laughs> kicking and screaming, obviously. Yeah. So for a podcast, <laughs> what is it? Seven then? Yeah, seven. All right. If everything recorded well in podcast six, podcast seven, we'll wrap this thing up, and then we're going to drink some more beers and drink some more wine and uh, hang out with our friends. Let's get a little so, rowdy. Yeah, it's Friday night from Honda Meet, and we'll <laughs> uh, see you Saturday. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. If you like what you hear, share it with a friend, and also look for us on Facebook.com backslash Slip Angle Show. Uh, we also have some email addresses, Austin at SlipAngleShow.com and Adam at SlipAngleShow.com. Uh, go on iTunes, uh, give us some ratings, give us some reviews. It really helps us climb the charts. So anyways, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.